1: welcome to the inheritance cycle page by page podcast where we'll be reading through all four books in the inheritance cycle series chapter by chapter page by page we'll also offer our own insights theories and first impressions of the wonderful world of alagasia may good fortune rule over you may the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart
0: Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or the Aragon books. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup.
1: And I'm your other host, Shelby or She Cup.
0: And before we get started, I just want to remind you to please like and review us on Apple or Spotify. And if you leave us five stars and some kind words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And we do have some reviews, or comments to read today.
1: Yeah, I do. I have one from Spotify. And if you are not aware, you can interact and leave reviews on Spotify now with words. So um, this one comes from Lalo623. And they said, this episode is my favorite so far because of how much detail you guys give in your analysis. Thanks again for taking the time to make this podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to leave that awesome comment.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. And so with that, I think we can go ahead and get started. So today we are talking about the chapter Arya's test. And so basically, Aragon wakes up the next day and is told to go to the practice grounds with Sephira to be tested in his weapon fighting skills. As he meets with Frederick, the weapons trainer, they start to begin to test him in combat, but the twins interrupt with their request that he train them with magic first. And so there's a lot of conflict that happens there. And they basically say they want him to test before he's worn out. Um, And so the twins are basically like, okay, are you going to join our group or not? Like, what, what are you going to do? And Aragon basically says, no, I don't want, or he doesn't basically, he does say, no, I don't want to do this. And so they proceed with the test. And they're asking him to do kind of the simple things that, Brom taught him to do when he was first starting magic, but they are interfering with his magic by trying to prevent him from accomplishing the task or wear him out with his strength. And so basically what he does to pass all their tests is Safira lends him strength to overcome their abilities, proving what he said to Ajahad earlier, that they really would be no match for him and Safira. And so the last thing they throw a ring at him and they say summon the true essence of silver. And so he he tries to figure it out but he does kind of figure out okay I'll just say the true name of silver and try to do this. However, at this point he is stopped by Arya who has now made a full recovery and is here to kind of say like she is there and stops this thing and chides the twins For basically saying, asking him to do something that only a master of magic can do. And so she does the spell herself and the twins turn and leave. And she requests that she duels Aragon to test his skills. Aragon has a moment where he says, okay, I'll go easy on her. But quickly learns that that is a mistake because Arya outmatches him in every aspect of sword fighting. And so they fight for a long time, but he passes the test um, for that. Arya thanks Aragorn for saving her life. And she lay- relays how she lost Zephira's eggs and was captured by dares of the Shade. Uh, she tells him that he needs to train with the elves soon. And then lastly, Aragorn goes to visit Murtag and finds that his friends is actually being treated rather well with large meals and books to read. Uh, he had been worried about him in a cell somewhere. Um, but he wasn't there and they kind of talk about the past couple days and talk about the events going on. And so yeah, you know, he was worried about Murtag, but Murtag is living his best life.
1: I know, right? I loved that. Um, it was a really good part of the chapter, and I just thought it was really cute how like Aragon was really concerned for his friend and everything, and then he walks in and his friend's like, I got life better than you do, bro. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it was really funny. So before we can we can talk more about that, but what were a, a lot of action in this chapter. So what were your thoughts?
1: Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Um just so so much happens. Um I just I hate the twins first and foremost. And this chapter just kind of solidified that for me. I mean, I already hated them, but this was like okay, we're etching it in stone now. Um but I guess before we get into my thoughts i just i have been feeling confused because i don't really understand who the twins are and why they seem to have so much power in the varden because like also it seems like ajihad doesn't care for them either so are they beholden to him are they someone else like do they have something over Ajihad or are they like, I don't understand who they are, why they're there and why they seem to have so much power over every single other person that they interact with.
0: Um, it's simply put that they are the strongest spellcasters that the Varden have, because while the elves assist the Varden, they are not officially a part of the Varden. So they hold power because they lead the group of spellcasters. And you can't fight a war against a rider king without spellcasters.
1: Right. So Ajihad is basically like, I have to deal with them. Like, they have to. Otherwise, there's no no way we could ever hope to conquer Galbatorix. So that makes sense, but I hate them. So that's the first thing. But I just thought it was so ridiculous of them to basically like bully Aragon into completing all of their little tests and um, basically get him to reveal all of his knowledge to them like it was just so shitty of them to act that way and the only person that could really put a stop to it uh, Arya basically had to Um, and I I just hated all of that
0: yeah I mean they're not I think it just goes to show again this point that, like just because the Varden are fighting the Empire does not mean that all of them are good people
1: right. And I know that true. But also, um, you know, I think we see a lot, like a lot, a lot of character development in Aragon during this fight because I feel like Aragon from chapter ten. Chapter 15, chapter 20, Aragon would have just like barreled through. But this Aragon, we do see him really reflecting on what their motives are and like figuring out okay, they're trying to get the ancient words that I know from me, they're trying to get my knowledge. So I'm going to be as quiet as possible. I'm going to use as few words as possible. And so I think we see a lot of that growth in him um, in that way where it's like the old Aragon would have just continued on.
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that you do see a lot of growth in here and that's a really good point where you're sharing there. And so I just really liked that chapter. I liked that Aragon is thinking strategically and that Brahm's training didn't just go completely to waste.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, after the twins, you know, Aragon and Arya go to fight, right? And it was so funny to me and it's so frustrating at the same time because Aragon, like, while he has this huge character development, Right on the other side of it, he's, like, being the same kind of, like, chivalrous, almost, guy. Um, And he's like, oh, well, during this fight with Arya, like, I will soften my blows so that I don't hurt her. Like, that's a direct quote from the book. I just wrote, sir, in my notes, like, you are not, y- no, that's not how this is going to work. Number one, she's an elf. Number two even if she wasn't an elf, even if she didn't have like superior magic and fighting to you, she also has been trained in fighting for a lot longer than you. So why do you think you're going to be better than her?
0: Uh, Yeah. It's just Aragon having his own biases kind of going in there. It's like, Oh, I'm going to be a gentleman thing. And like, no one has really posed that much of a threat to him before, unless they've been in, a lot of large numbers and aria quickly shows that like oh you sweet summer child you know nothing
1: right and it's so funny because at first he's like oh my god she's so much better than me he's like okay i have to preserve my strength i have to do this and then like a little bit into it he's like oh she wants to know how good i am like i can show off and then they have this excellent magnificent beautiful fight that everybody else notices and is so like top of swordsmanship that everyone else stops everything they're doing to watch them just in awe. Yeah. And it's like, Aragon, if you had gone into that way from the beginning, like, okay, (laughs) not that it really hurt anything. It's just, you know, we take constantly three steps forward in character development with the Aragon. And then like two steps back.
0: Right. It's just really interesting to me because they do all this. And then when they're done, everyone's like, that was the greatest. That was the greatest sword fight we've ever seen in our entire life. And like, you're amazing. You did so well and everything. And Aragorn's final responses. But I lost.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, Aragorn, I thought you just realized that it wasn't about winning. Like you you just had this realization that she wants to see how good you are,
0: not she wants to beat you. It was just funny to me about and it just shows to me Aragon's character and where that still is of like, you know, when Brahm was like, You I've taught you everything you know, like you're as good as I am, and there's only a couple people who are better than me. And Aragon's first response was like, How do I become better than them? And Brahm is basically just like practice and experience. And mm-hmm. it just shows that Aragon is never satisfied with people being better than him,
1: and I do think that that is an honorable character trait to have because it's going to push him to always want to be better and always improve and always grow. And I think that that is one of the hard hardest things about adulthood is, becoming stagnant in everything, work, relationships, finances, your life, just everything. Um, so I don't think that's a problem that Aragon will ever struggle with. But at the same time, it's like, bro, just take a break, like just just chill for once in your life. Not everything has to be a competition. Right,
0: right. Um, I don't know if you wrote any notes about this, but I noticed and just tackled this time in my little overview of Safira's response to Aragon about his thoughts about Aria, he's just like, You enjoy her form, don't you?
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny. I wrote Aragon has a crush on Aria. layda duh, we've known that since like the third of the way through the freaking book.
0: Yeah. Mm. It was just really fun. Doesn't. Doesn't Saphira say something like she's rather shapeless or something like that? I can't remember the exact quote.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the exact quote either, but she does say something that's like vaguely insulting to Arya and Aragorn's like, oh, my God, you're jealous.
0: Yes. (laughs) Which
1: is just funny.
0: It was a funny interaction.
1: It was. But let's move on to Arya and Aragorn's conversation that they have away from everybody else, because that's like really one of the most important things that happens in this chapter and they finally get to talk and talk about like everything that's happened because literally everything in the whole book has happened and they haven't like told each other about it yet
0: yeah um this is the first time we've like seen reo bake Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm
1: which is kind of frustrating to me, like that she only gets you know these really like three chapters,
0: yeah, I know, um uh, well she, but she feels like a main character of the book, right
1: anyway, um, so basically, in their conversation, she tells Aragon like my intentions are for you to go to, um, El Esmera, the land of the elves. Like you've, you've got to go there. And he's kind of perturbed by it. Like he basically is thinking like, Oh, I've been, I've been doing all these things at the behest of everyone else. And I finally get to the Varden and they still make me do other things. And I've been looking forward to, Basically being able to be my own person, and now there's another person in my life ordering me around and telling me what to do. It's interesting to me that he takes like almost offense to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting because I think if you would have told Aragon like if she, Arya would have said, "Hey, like if you want to get stronger, if you want to complete your training and learn all the things you need to, can you need to go to Elsmyra where you will be trained by the elves to really understand and he would have been like, okay, let's go. But the fact that she's presenting it as like, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, now I don't want to do that.
1: Right. Which I think just goes to show like, Arya and Aragon don't know each other. Um, and I think it's easy for us to think that, oh, well, they've been around each other for so long since Gilead, but she's been passed out, um, basically barely surviving. And so... They don't know each other. And I think Aragon even falls into that trap of thinking they know each other because he's been around her for so long. And, like, he's been healing her wounds and taking care of her. But they don't know each other at all.
0: No, they do not. And it's going to show up in other places, too. That, like... Cool. Just both of them misunderstanding each other and misunderstanding their what they mean to each other
1: Mm -hmm. well that's interesting but anyway let's keep moving um because we've got a lot of things to talk about so like we also learn brahm basically tells you or tells aragon like you know you shouldn't let anyone know your real name like you share your true name. You shouldn't let anyone know that unless you trust them wholeheartedly. And even then you need to be careful about that. And he doesn't really explain the nitty gritty of why, but in this conversation, we get the exact reason why, because a master magic user can basically use spells in the ancient language to dominate you and do whatever they want, make you do whatever they want. And so- uh, that's part of the spell with the twins that they tried to get Aragorn um, to do.
0: Yeah, so what they, because he asked her what they tried to get him to do. And she responds with something they can't even do themselves. And I don't remember if it's this chapter, but I can, it's not that big of a spoiler, but to some to summon some something's true essence, you have to have complete and utter understanding of the object. And if you fail at all to understand or know the object at all, you die. It is a life or death spell.
1: So I guess my question then would be like if you are Galbatorix and you're trying to use this on one of your minions or even on Aragon. How could you guarantee that you know the person so well that you wouldn't die while using this?
0: To know someone's true name gives you that knowledge. Someone's true name in the ancient language is not just a word or anything. It is like a string of phrases or sentences that describe everything that that person is. And so to know it if you can discover someone else's true name or hear it you gain that understanding
1: but but your name alone doesn't tell every it doesn't tell someone everything about you
0: your true name in the ancient language does
1: okay i'm just going to have to accept that this is one of those things that doesn't make sense to me and it's yeah. fine
0: <laughs> yeah remember it's not just a word
1: no i know that i know that um i just don't feel like even a couple sentences do you feel like a couple sentences could describe every single
0: thing about you and about who you are i guess yeah maybe but <laughs> i mean i think the where we have to suspend disbelief a little bit is that the a- ancient language is a perfect language like remember what Brahms said like Bersinger is not just a name for fire. It is the name for fire. Right. Um, and so we don't really, in our world, we don't have the concept of like a perfect language. Mm-hmm. All of our languages are imperfect and fall short to describe things, especially when we're moving from one language to another. But the ancient language is perfect in the fact that it. It's words and languages completely and utterly describe the word that they stand in place for.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. But let's move on a little bit. Cause I don't want us to get into the weeds on that. Um, I did feel like every single, like every single part of this conversation, every single sentence, every single word was lore imp- important to the lore. Like, I could probably analyze their whole conversation for a long time, but I just have a few more things that I wanted to touch on. And the first one is that it's really interesting to me that Arya was not just kind of like sending out a call magically into the world um, to kind of come and rescue her. Like she didn't call out to anyone. She did not call out to Aragon, Aragon, and yet he received, you know, the visions of her. And she basically says like, no one's ever been able to scry in their sleep, much less scry on something they don't even know of or that who they don't know. Um, That's never been possible before. So this is a mystery. I don't see this being solved anytime soon. This is a second, third or fourth book kind of mystery in my opinion. So that's definitely something very interesting. and I'm interested to to kind of see the resolution of that,
0: yeah. um that's kind of a like both an observation analysis and a prediction, um kind of bit. yes. And, <laughs> and I think you're very astute because it's one of these things that no one can really Aragon says things to people of what he's experienced and no one can really explain what's going on with him. Like something like, remember solemn Bob's words. Like if he gives them to people, I think he's only ever told it to Brom, but Brom's like, I don't know what this means, but the words ring strange in my head. And then we have that. He's talking about like this scrying thing and everyone's like, what you're doing shouldn't be possible. And, It's interesting to me because I think at some point they talk about premonition, but Aragon is like, it's not seeing the future, I'm seeing the present.
1: Yeah. And like at the point of which he remembers that he's seen it, that he wakes up, it's no longer the present, it's the past.
0: Yes, and that he is then able to scry. That like he goes up and he scries a- Aria later which is another kind of thing that because you can only scry things that you've seen mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's a very interesting situation um and I'll definitely be be intrigued by whatever the resolution may be but the other thing that's fascinating in their conversation is about Brahm's ring and I was reading this um when I was at your office the other day and you were I was like <gasps> oh my gosh. And you were like, what, what, what is it? What is it? What is it? Because you knew that I was reading and I was like, just continuing to read and completely ignoring you. And you're just waiting on me to tell you. And I didn't tell you. So anyway, here we are. Now I'm telling you that it's about Brahms ring. And it was just really interesting to me that the symbol means a valued elf friend and Arya basically is like i didn't know any of these had been given out in over a century um but the most interesting part of this is not even about brahm it's not even about the ring it's not about aragon and it's the fact that Arya has this symbol tattooed and goes on to say to aragon like don't tell anyone i have this it'll cause unnecessary problems for us Yeah. I'm fascinated. What does that mean? I would like to know.
0: You'll have to wait and find out. Yeah, apparently so.
1: But the last thing I have for this chapter that I wanted to touch on was Murtag being imprisoned. And we kind of already talked about how like he feels like he's living his best life. He's content for the first time in a long time. But in this conversation that Aragon and Murtag have murtag talks about Nasuada, ajihad's daughter and how she could fit in at court and that makes aragon really uncomfortable and suspicious of her which i'm just kind of like i don't understand why you're being so suspicious of her for that but okay
0: yeah it's like he aragon equates anything he can't live in the world where like good people can be nobles or nobility. Yeah. Like, if you serve in galbatorix's court, you must be evil because you must condone whatever he... he condones or whatever.
1: Yeah. But that's not really accurate, as we know. No. So, I do have some predictions... Um, The first one is kind of simple. I do believe that Aragorn will have to use Brahms ring whenever he goes to the land of the elves. And then or at least on the way. Um, And then the second one that I have is that I think that Aragorn and the twins, I think there's something there that we're not getting. So my guess is probably that they're going to fight or they're going to do something off in the next couple of chapters. I don't know, but I think there's going to be conflict.
0: Well, yeah. um, Very interesting predictions. And I think that, you know, there is an astute kind of thing here of, you know, the twins are, you can't slight people who are powerful without it coming back to bite you eventually. It might not be that day, but it's going to come back in some way or another.
1: Are you talking about Aragon sliding the twins or the twins sliding Aragon? Both. Yeah.
0: Um, and so, yeah, I think, yeah, we haven't seen the last of the twins, obviously. And so Definitely that's not. good predictions. Um, and yeah, Brahms ring. Keep track in Brahms ring. I will. All right. Well, you don't have anything else? Nope. All right. Well, if that's all you got, let's uh, wrap it up. Thank you all for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance page or email us at InheritancePage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups Podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.